Okay, Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Thank you, Joanna. Should we just see if this uh, well, it's, uh, my Bible. I always think that holding the Bible is more important than the microphone. But uh, you know, I've got a spare hand, so I could use it if I need to. Um, thank you for inviting me to be here today. It is really wonderful to have a, a day together uh, as a church family, and it's a joy for me to come and, and be with you uh, today and to um, have a chance to get to know. Uh, you a little bit more. Uh, this is part of a, a growing as a church family. You have a chance to get to know each other uh, a little bit more. It's a wonderful thing to have a whole day together rather than just a, a, a sort of Sunday gatherings, Sunday by Sunday, because that's where you're really in small groups. You, you get to, to live life together. But a day like today is a, a great opportunity to have that extended time. And, uh, and so my hope and prayer for today is that uh, as a church family, you uh, grow together uh, under God's word, but also in all the informal times over coffee and and, and so on, there'll be opportunities to talk and, and pray with one another. And, um, and can I say, as, as I'm here for the, for the day, uh, if there are things that uh, you want to, to share and pray about, uh, just over at lunchtime or this afternoon or at other times, I'm, I'm more than happy to be uh, a sort of chaplain in that way uh, for, for you and, um, uh, as we have this day together. Uh, but the main reason for being here is to come under God's word, to hear God's word together, uh, we've had this wonderful psalm read. Now, I've, I've um, in, in suggested that this we, ha- we call this day uh, Songs for the Saints uh, because uh, these psalms, of course, are songs. They're written to be songs and prayers, uh, sung. And, um, and music is incredibly powerful, isn't it? Uh, just singing that song just now, hallelujah. Sing hallelujah with Andrew banging it out on the, on the piano. It was just wonderful. It just lifted my heart and soul to, to sing that song, which I've don't really know, I've heard it on YouTube and listened to it before, but I haven't actually had a chance to sing that, that song we've sung, and it is such a joy. I don't know what your sort of particular taste in music is. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, what genre, what type of music do you like? I mean, is it, are you sort of Radio 1 people? I'm, I'm looking around and thinking, mm, yeah, one or two, probably not most. Uh, Radio 2, maybe, more likely, perhaps. Radio 3, I'm thinking... Some sof- more sophisticated tastes in the, in the room. Uh, I, I'm afraid I grew up as a teenager in the 80s. With, uh, 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 so, you know, Radio 2 is now what the Radio 1 was in those days. It's uh, Duran Duran and Tears for Fears. If you put those things on, they'll catch my heart and, and I'll, you know, listen to music for, with you for, forever. Um, so, uh, well, over, tell, tell us over coffee. When we, when we have coffee later, you can, you can share what your, what your favourite song, what favourite music is. But... We're opening this songbook of Israel, as the Psalms are, are known today. And, of course, I'm sure you're familiar with the, the Psalms, this great collection of, of, of prayers. 
uh, of songs, some are from the heart, very personal and intimate. Uh, others are written to be used on a, for, as a whole nation on the sort of formal occasions. Um, some are written from the depths of despair and anguish, as we're going to see uh, later on this morning. Uh, others are written from the heights of elation and joy. Uh, some contain specific prophecies of the Messiah. Uh, others are simply songs of praise, which we'll come to in the, the very last uh, session of the day. Um, others have more intentional teaching emphasis, like this one we're going to look at this morning. Uh, the book of Psalms, in all its diversity, is a very human book in one sense. That's why we love it, I think. That's why people so often turn to the Psalms, because they're human, they're rooted in human life and emotion. But at the same time, of course, like all of Scripture, it's a wonderfully God-centered book, pointing us to, to, to God, to the creator, sustainer, and redeemer of the world who is worthy of our trust and worship. And so uh, as we come to this songbook of Israel, of course, we uh, also remember this is Jesus' songbook as a, as a true Israelite. These are the songs and prayers that, that Jesus himself sang. And so like all of Scripture, these psalms... Uh, point us to, to Jesus. Uh, he said, you'll, you'll remember these um, uh, words he said to his disciples as he had risen uh, and ascended, or before his ascension, he speaks to his disciples, he gives them a, a Bible study. He says, uh, this is what I told you while I was still uh, uh, with you. Everything must be filled that is written about me in the law of the Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And they opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Sometimes we think of uh, you know, the prophets, obviously they speak of Jesus because they look forward to him. Uh, Moses, well, less so, but the, the, the Torah points to him, of course, he does too. And, and Jesus is saying, no, all of the scripture, including the writings, the, the Psalms, the Proverbs, and, uh, uh, point to him. So, so it's good to, as we come today, we're, we're coming to see Jesus. We're coming to meet with Jesus uh, through the Psalms, to where life in all its fullness is found uh, in him. And so it's good to begin at Psalm one. You've got to, I put to sort of brief outlines in the, in the, in the hand, little hand, notebook you've got. Um, they're sometimes useful, uh, brief outlines, because they sort of show where, you're, where, we're, where we're going. And they, I've always found that they're quite helpful, because if you, if you drop off somewhere through, uh, you, you wake up again, you find out you can sort of catch up where we're at. And if you've seen all the way through, you'll kind of know what we've said, more or less. So, so you've got that there, and... Um, that may be of, of some use. Uh, and it begins with this wonderful word, blessed. Uh, or, or a rather weaker word, but it really means the same thing. Uh, happy. That's not the, the word we normally use. There's, I mean, you might want to argue that there is a clear difference. But, but um, uh, the Queen of Sheba, she, she uses that same word that we've got here. Uh, and, and, and it's translated happy uh, in, in, our, um, in our Bibles. We'll, we'll see later. But if we... You know, everybody is seeking blessing or, or happiness, as the world would, would describe it. Uh, they want that sense of well-being, that sense of, of, of joy. Um, and, and the marketers know what they're doing, because God has put us a longing for this sense of joy and happiness and well-being uh, in us. And, um, and so, uh, you know, you go, you go to uh, Costa and you get a little cup of, of happiness. Uh, or it could be just a little cup of, of blessing. Or, or uh, Cadbury, a, few, a couple of years ago, they had this uh, unwrapped joy. That's the secret of, of joy is, is in, in chocolate. Or, or um, this goo, I don't know if you like your goo uh, 
thing, but, but this is, I like this, this. Pleasure is everything. Give in to happiness. Reject propriety. Embrace variety. Prudence is so 1658. Life is fleeting. Clasp it harder with both hands. Seek delight. Trust your impulses. Ordinary is pointless. Break free or hail the goo decadence. Now, I don't know whether that's sort of following culture, shaping culture, or just being ridiculously uh, overboard, but, but you get, they picked up the theme that we're seeking blessing, joy, happiness, well-being, uh, and, and I'm not sure if they're following culture or shaping it, but um, research shows that, that people seek and find sort of all sorts of blessing, happiness in, in all sorts of different things, people in, you know, especially in people and relationships. It's where people, if you ask them, what makes you happy, what makes you content? It's people and relationships are, are number one, definitely. Uh, work, uh, leisure pursuits, uh, a sense of meaning and significance people talk about. And, and money uh, makes a difference to people's uh, happiness. Uh, although I gather from some research, uh, it shows that it's the um, differentials that really matter. There was uh, one headline in the paper that said, the best way to be happy in England is to earn £1,000 more than your next-door neighbour. <laughs> It doesn't really matter how much you've got absolutely as long as you've got more than your neighbour. Uh, <laughs> well, God knows that, that our human desire for happiness or blessing, to use the Bible word, is because it's wide in us. And he holds that out, and he holds out in the scriptures, including the Psalms, which begin with this promise of, of blessing. Oh, there's some various things which make you happy. There we are. Uh, blessed is... Uh, and Psalm 1, so we get to Psalm 1, Psalm 1 provides uh, the foundation to the rest of the Psalms. It's, in, it's meant to be a Psalm on which all of the rest built. It's the foundation. It goes right to the heart of human existence. It contrasts life with and without God. Uh, and in doing that, it holds out the, how we're to live under blessing, how to find God's blessing. And, and, and as I said, it points us to to Jesus, who is the only one who has ever lived that perfect life, perfectly under uh, God's blessing. It is uh, Jesus who is the blessed man of Psalm 1. And uh, it is through him that we experience and can experience this blessing uh, of this uh, and pray this psalm as well. So it's a psalm to sing through, through all of life, from beginning to the end. Uh, some of the psalms are particularly focused on particular aspects of our lives, particular times of struggle or suffering, particular times of, uh, of longing, particular times of gathering. Uh, psalm 1 is uh, for sure a song to be sung through all of uh, life if we want to enjoy living under God's blessing. And rather than, just, rather than working through, the, through uh, this psalm, I, I thought I would draw out these three key truths that we find. And the, and the first, according to this psalm, is that... Uh, there are only two kinds of singers in life. To use this singing metaphor, uh, there are those who sing in tune with God and there are those who don't. Those who sing from God's score and those who make up their own tune or sing uh, with others uh, against God. Now, singing is not the image the meta that the psalmist uses. He he paints two pictures, doesn't he? Both from the, the countryside, which draw out this strong contrast. So the first one, imagine, uh, you might want to close your eyes, imagine a beautiful, lush meadow. Grass, 
is long of wild flowers. There's a lovely wide stream of fresh, pure water meandering its way through this meadow. Uh, it's beautiful, warm sunshine. There's a, a light breeze. You're beginning to fall asleep now, aren't you? Wake up. But imagine this lovely light breeze. The, the sun is shining. This beautiful meadow, uh, this beautiful river. And at one of the bends on the river, right beside the water, is this huge, strong oak tree. It's thick. The trunk stretches up, solid branches springing from it. Uh, thousands of rich green leaves sprout from the branches. The oak tree is laden with acorns. Deep beneath the ground, the roots are long and drinking in the water uh, from the river, uh, keeping the tree healthy and vital and strong. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it, of health and strength. Now, uh, change your mind. Imagine a hot, dry hillside. Uh, little vegetation at the top of the hill. The wind is blowing. Uh, the dust around. There's a hard, flat surface at the top of this hill. It's known as the, the threshing floor, where a sheaf of harvest wheat is brought to the threshing floor. It is beaten to separate out the precious grain and the chaff, the, the useless waste product. And on that exposed hillside, a large f uh, fan is used to skeep, scoop the threshed wheat up into the air, and the wind blows, and the chaff is blown away uh, into nothing, into the air, uh, as the, the valuable grain drops back to the floor. Beautiful, strong tree, uh, well-watered tree, picture of stability, strength, and usefulness. Uh, Wind-blown chaff or straw, picture of instability and waste and, and uselessness. That is the, the contrast that the psalmist is drawing two pictures uh, representing two kinds of singers, two kinds of people. Uh, the one who trusts God and the one who rejects God. The one who sings in tune with God and the one who is out of tune. And these are the only two options the psalmist gives. There is no third option. There's no alternative image, no further picture. This is the fundamental contrast of human existence that, that the psalmist is painting. This is how the Bible divides humanity. Uh, you know, the social scientists will find lots of ways to classify our differences. Uh, gender, age, nationality, social status, wealth, religion, and, and so on. But, but the Bible regards, of course, the most fundamental basis for the classification of humanity is our relationship with our creator. With all the complexities of life, with the with the shades of grey in so many areas, the psalmist is teaching uh, that at the end of the day, it all boils down to the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And this division, of course, runs through the Psalms and it runs through uh, uh, with, with the righteous and the wicked, the friends and the enemies of God, the wise man and the fool. There is no halfway house, it seems. There's no fence to sit on with God. It's either for or against, uh, either singing in tune or singing out of tune. Uh, of course, Jesus spelt out that contrast many times. Uh, Matthew 7, he, he says, uh, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Only two gates, says Jesus, the narrow and the wide. No third gate, no back door, no cat flap, 
just two doors. And this is the fundamental contrast of human existence. There are just two kinds of singers. And I think it's sometimes we just need to keep reminding ourselves of that. Because it's difficult to grasp, because there's no outward physical marker of, of who's singing in tune and who's not, and who's on with God and, and who isn't. Uh, you know, imagine three people. You've got, you've got Jim, Pete, and Lorraine. Jim and Pete, they're two white, middle-aged men, British origin, uh, middle-class backgrounds. They live in the same street in Tolworth. They travel up to London. They work in the city. They've both got uh, married. They've got two lovely children. And then there's Lorraine. Lorraine is a young black single woman living in a flat in Lewisham. Uh, no kids, trying to make it in the world of, of theatre. Uh, who's the odd one out when you've got those three together? Well, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? I mean, it's, sort of, it's, it's obvious to the world, to us all, to see what the difference is and the, the different lifestyles and the different uh, backgrounds and different histories. And, 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 but you know, Jim's a, a Christian man. Uh, maybe he comes to Emmanuel, I don't know. Uh, Lorraine's a, a Christian woman growing up in a Pentecostal uh, background, goes to church, loves, loves worshipping the Lord. Uh, Pete is, is an unbeliever. Well, who's the odd one out now? In the world's eyes, it's, it's still Lorraine, different, very different to Jim and Pete. But, but in God's eyes, Jim and Lorraine, they are in the same family. They're singing from the same hymn sheet. They are singing in tune with him. And Pete is the one who is the odd one out. Uh, it's not obvious outwardly. And we just need to keep reminding ourselves, uh, as this psalm does, that there are just two ways uh, the humanity is divided in two uh, as God sees and looks uh, God's uh, word is, is clear there, is a, there are just two kinds of, of singers in life and, and then this psalm uh, makes clear doesn't it too there are, there are uh, two consequences for the two kinds of singers uh, very different consequences for these two groups, the righteous and the wicked. Verse 6, it's summarized there. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Uh, what we choose now in our relationship with God, if how we respond to, to God, what we choose now will have future consequences. Again, how, how we behave will have an effect. That's how life works, isn't it? How we, what we decide now makes a, makes a difference uh, to the future. Uh, even if, you know, as in, in culture we try and rid ourselves of all responsibility, uh, there's a truth in that. It's like the, uh, the story of the, the, the little boy who, who brings his terrible school report home and he, he, he gives it to his father and he says, Dad, look, I don't know, what do you think? Is it, is it your genes or the way you brought me up? <laughs> you know, is it, is it, we, you can blame, we, we blame, we push out, we, we're trying to avoid responsibility and consequences. The, the psalm makes clear that, that consequences uh, uh, always exist, that there is destiny for these singers. Uh, and, and, and so there are three wonderfully positive consequences for uh, 
those who, uh, or what the psalm is called, the righteous, those who are singing in tune with God. Verse 1, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, uh, but rather who delight in God and his law. A blessing, we've thought about that, that, that uh, word it's in 1 Kings 10.8, the queen of uh, Sheba visits Solomon and he sees the, she sees the, how amazing Solomon's kingdom is, this pinnacle of, of, of uh, Israel at that moment. And she declares, you know, how happy, using the same word as Psalm 1, so how happy your people must be, how happy are your officials. She sees uh, uh, something that, um, that, that God is, is doing. And, uh, and so blessing is, is a consequence of, of singing in, in tune with God. Um, C.S. Lewis, you probably read some of that, his staff, you know, surprised by joy. And he, he's saying he, he's constantly searching for this joy, this blessing, this happiness in, in all sorts of things. And he's getting glimpses of it. Um, uh, but he doesn't get it until he finds God, or at least God finds him, I remember, and drags him kicking and screaming into the, into the kingdom. Uh, blessing is found uh, as, a, as a, a consequence of singing in tune with God. And, and then there's, there's, there's fruitfulness, verse 3. This is that image there. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Again, it's a wonderful image. It's a picture of, uh, of this fruitful tree, um, a life not wasted, um, not fruitless, not wandering around, not, not wanting to go, but a life that is fruitful uh, it's a consequence of, of trusting in, in uh, Jesus of course Jesus said in John 15 I'll put it up here um, it's, uh, he, he's, well I'll read it to you John 15 those who, well, you'll know it those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit there's a fruitfulness uh, of being singing in, in tune with God again as the world seeks purpose and significance and meaning and leaving its mark and wanting to achieve uh, to be fruitful, uh, but the scriptures are clear, true fruitfulness only comes through singing in tune with God uh, and trusting in him. And then, and then there's uh, whatever they do prospers, this idea of prosperity. Uh, uh, and, and of course, uh, for, the, for the righteous, for those who sing in tune with God, prosperity is, is a promise. And of course, we have to be careful about that prosperity gospel, that false gospel of, of, of thinking that if, if you're singing in tune with God, if you're on God's side, if you're with him, you know you, God will, will materially prosper you. I mean, that is a false gospel that is preached around the world uh, in a significant way, uh, and, and it leads to all sorts of uh, abuse and corruption. Um, and yet there is a prosperity that, that God promises it's, a, it's, it's okay to, to talk about prosperity if, you, if you're talking about it in, a, in an appropriate way. I love the way Spurgeon talks about it. He says, you know, uh, it's, it's not outward prosperity which the Christian most desires and values. It is soul prosperity that he longs for. Uh, I love that phrase, soul prosperity. You long for your soul to be growing uh, in that uh, relationship with the Lord, in, in, in love and peace and, and faith and and, and the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, you're longing for your soul. And God promises that to, to those who are singing his tune. 
blessing, um, fruitfulness, and uh, soul prosperity uh, in through all the, the twists and the turns and the valleys and the mountaintops of, of, of Christian life. Uh, that is what God is, is promising. Uh, there's positive consequences, uh, but there are very different outcomes for the two kinds of singing. They are positive for, for those singing in, 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 in singing God's tune, but then, of course, we see desperately the negative consequences for those who reject God. Verse 5. Uh, well, verse 4, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. That's that picture of the, 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 the waste chaff blowing away into the wind, into nothing. But it's not into nothing, because he explains it there. Verse 5, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous when God judges those who have rejected him now will be rejected by him they'll be condemned for their rebellion against the creator it's a solemn and undeniable truth of the bible which is taught throughout there will be judgment for those who rejected him and they will not stand to be blown away in that judgment. And there won't be any sinners in the assembly of the righteous. That is, in, amongst God's people, there'll be exclusion. Uh, they'll be cut off from God's people as they're cut off from God himself. Uh, there'll be this separation, exclusion. Sin, of course, cannot exist in the presence of a holy God. Again, Spurgeon says, sooner could a Fish live in a tree than the wicked in paradise. It just, just couldn't happen. Those who have chosen to sing out of tune with God uh, would never be able to sing in tune with him, in, with his people. Uh, there'll be exclusion, separation on that last day. And of course, again, it's hard to see because in this world, we're, we're all mixed up. You know, there's wheat and tares, there's the sheep and the goats, there's no outward mark. Jim, Pete and Lorraine, you wouldn't really know uh, who's, who's who. Uh, but as Jesus made clear, the, the division, the time of division will come and sinners will be condemned by God and excluded from his people. And then, perhaps most ominously of all, the destruction, verse 6. I mean, they're all saying the same thing, really. The way of the Lord, uh, the way of the wicked that leads to destruction. And Jesus spoke of that destination of eternal punishment of Gehenna, of hell, with solemnity and with sadness. But with great clarity to reject God leads to destruction. So there are only two kinds of singers. This is, psalm makes clear that the one who sings in tune with God and the one who, who, who doesn't. And there are inevitable consequences for those two kinds of singers, a life of blessing and fruitfulness and prosperity or a life of destiny of condemnation and exclusion and ultimate destruction. Psalm of contrast, it divides humanity in two in a way that we so often don't or don't want to or don't like to or find it hard to, but the psalm does it, the Bible does it, the righteous and the wicked. And so the question is, you know, how, does, how does humanity then split down those who sing in tune with God and those who don't, who are the 
righteous and the wicked. Uh, what's the relative proportion? Is it sort of 50-50, do we think? Is it 60-40, if four, and 40 gain? How does it... Well, of course, we know, don't we, in, in the very real sense, it is just one individual who sings in tune with God and everyone else out of tune. It is only the, the Lord Jesus Christ who sung perfectly in tune with God, who has perfect pitch, who has enjoyed that blessed life. It is only Jesus who, who is like this strong, fruitful, prosperous tree whose, whose roots are deeply embedded in, 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 in that life-giving water and, and the one who lived perfectly under his father's uh, law. He is the one to look to if we are to see this blessed man of Psalm 1, if we want to see what he is really like. And of course, he is the one we have to go to if we want to be kind of the singer who sings in tune with God, who wants to enjoy blessing and fruitfulness and prosperity. Uh, he is the one who we, who we turn to to trust as we uh, uh, recognize our own out-of-pitch singing, as we recognize the ways we fail to uh, live for God and love him uh, and serve him. As we come to, to Jesus by faith, he, he gives us his perfect life. He gives us his perfect righteousness. He gives us his perfect song. And we give to him all our ugliness and all our out-of-tune songs. And, and, and he takes them on the cross and, and he gives us a new life that we might be able to sing with him and to sing God's song. We become the righteous of Psalm 1. The Old Testament saints looked on to that day. They would have sung by faith. They would have been the righteous in this psalm, looking to, to, to Jesus, looking to God with, with, with trust. But it's only in Jesus, the perfect singer, the perfectly righteous one, that we are able to be the righteous one of the blessed one. Uh, of Psalm 1 with him. And, and so as we come to Jesus, he then empowers us to become like him and to sing with him. And so that's the, uh, the, the, the third area. There's only one perfect singer. And he calls us to, to sing with him uh, through all of life. Uh, and what will that look like to, to sing with, with Jesus, to live with Jesus, to accompany this true man of Psalm 1, the blessed one? Well, it, it seems to me there are, there are two themes. One is a sort of negative and the other is a, a positive, if you like. I mean, they're both positive, but, but one is, uh, is, is about renouncing evil ways. That is a commitment to, to go against the flow, to swim against the tide, to cut across the grain, to be different and distinct in our lives. Verse 1, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. That's our, our thinking, our behaviour, 
our belonging. They're all part of how we renounce evil. Those in the trust in the Lord will renounce evil in their minds, in their actions, and in their allegiances. Uh, and you, you notice the, there's a subtle movement in this psalm. It may be a familiar psalm to you, but the, this idea from, from walking to standing to sitting. You know, when, you, when you're walking with someone, uh, you know, you're, you're chatting away, uh, and, but you're sort of, you, know, you can easily be heading off on a different path. Uh, but when you stop, sort of maybe you stop at a, a junction and, and, and you, you stand and, and that conversation deepens. And, and then as you, you, you embed more into one another's lives, you, you, you take a seat and they sit and, and you form this strong relationship. There's this sort of picture here of a kind of progression. And of course that is how sin works in our, our lives. Um, it was C.S. Lewis who said, no one, no one uh, uh, consciously makes a decision to, to move away from God. They, they just drift. And, and that so easily happens. We, we drift. You know, in, in terms of, there's, there's, it's subtle. There's self-justification going on in our, in our lives, in our minds where we you know, we're faced with a decision and we think, well, it won't, won't do really anybody any harm. I'm sure it'll be okay. And we, we go on and, and we watch that thing or do that act or say those words and we, we, it doesn't seem to hurt anyone or do anything or no one seems to, to notice. So it just gets a bit embedded in us and then we uh, allow it to happen again and it becomes habitual and it becomes hardened and, and sin then takes hold of us. So Paul says we've got to put to death the sinful nature. Uh, we've got to be careful about who we hang out with, what we watch, what we read, what shapes us. Uh, you know, we, we catch a glimpse of something on the telly and then we, we think, well, we'll just stay a bit longer and then we stay watching this thing which is unhelpful. We know it's unhelpful. Uh, at every stage, just as Jesus did in the wilderness, just as the perfect uh, uh, man of Psalm 1 did in the wilderness, we must say no to the devil when his temptations come. Uh, we must be cautious about uh, what we do and how we watch. We've got to renounce the world, the flesh, and the devil. Renounce evil. That's what we said at our baptism. If you're, you might not remember your baptism if you were baptized as a baby. But you might remember your confirmation. But the baptism, he was asked, you know, do you renounce evil? And if you're an adult, you say, I renounce evil. And it is for the start of the Christian life and for the middle of the Christian life and for the end of the Christian life and for every day in the Christian life. You know, you ask this question every morning. You get up in the morning, hear the Holy Spirit asking you, do you renounce evil? And you say in your heart, yes, I renounce evil. and I'm not going to uh, walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers because I renounce evil. I put to death the sinful nature. And Jesus helps you to do that by his Spirit. The one who has done it helps you to do it uh, as his spirit enables you. Uh, and so um, uh, we, 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 we uh, have to be in the world, of course, but not of the world. We've got to, we've got to mix. Jesus did that so beautifully. We read the Gospels where he, he mixed with, with the world. He, he mixed with, with sinners and mockers. And, 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 and uh, by the way, the wicked is a sort of those who are guilty of judgment, the uh, the sinners are those who miss the mark. There, that's what sin is. It there in that in that word, 
Uh, the mockers are those who scoff and scorn, uh, obviously. Uh, and Jesus mixed with some of them for the sake of loving them and uh, that they would find the gospel, but he was also willing to, to, to walk away, um, particularly from scoffers, uh, the religious leaders. And so uh, we're, he's going to help us do that as we seek to walk uh, carefully and sing in tune with God uh, under that life of, of blessing. So that's one side of the, the coin, uh, to renounce evil repentance, to keep uh, a life of, of repenting and uh, renouncing evil. And then the other side of the coin of repentance is faith, it's trust, it's, it's, it's uh, delighting in God's word. Now, if we're singing with Jesus through all of life, that's what we're going to do. We're going to delight in God's word. That's what he says, verse 2. There's contrast with those who walk in step with the wicked and stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Verse 2, but those, uh, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. And instead of being drawn into sin, the one who is singing with Jesus finds joy and obedience to the law and to the Lord. The joy, delight in, in living for God is a is sign of new birth. It's a sign that we have, we have found Jesus. We're in Christ, that we are with this singer. If we're delighting, uh, Romans 8, Paul says, that, you know, a sign of the inward regenerating work of the Spirit is a delight in, in God's word, in his truth, uh, in his law. Um, and, and so, uh, again, we, with Jesus, who is the perfect man of Psalm 1, uh, need to keep opening our Bibles, opening them daily, uh, every morning as we get up. We say, I renounce evil, I renounce evil. Uh, and the word fills our hearts. So do you turn to Christ? I turn to Christ and his word. And, uh, and, and so... Our commitment is to, is to be people of the word, of, of delighting in that word, meditating on it, he says, day and night. So 24-7 Bible study, no sleep. I don't think he means that, does he? he means, but he means we need to embed this, we need to continue, we need to have this open uh, regularly, all the time, not just on a Sunday when we come together, but, uh, but uh, at home with uh, our spouses, with our families. Uh, individually, um, we need to be uh, meditating on, on the Word of God because it's vital if we're going to sing with Jesus. Uh, the key to blessing, fruitfulness, and soul prosperity. And I think sometimes we, you know, we believe Satan's lies that if we if we go away from the Word, if we satisfy our own desires, uh, that will be uh, more fruitful, better for us, more satisfying. And of course, if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, you know that. It is his word, it is his way that brings true peace and joy and satisfaction. Uh, so there's wonderful encouragement, isn't there? And there's great challenge in this uh, first of the Psalms. We want to be counted amongst the righteous, not amongst the wicked. We want to sing in tune with God, not out of tune. We want to live under blessing and fruitfulness and prosperity. That's what we want to have, at least I do. I assume everyone else does. Uh, uh, that is what we, we want. And so we look to Jesus as the only truly righteous one. As we trust him and we receive his righteousness, then we continue in him and we continue to sing uh, out this tune, renouncing evil, delighting in the word, 
uh, and we sing every day of our lives in a way which brings God joy and pleasure, brings us blessing, and, and Jesus is the one who is glorified uh, in all of this. I'll stop there. I'm really, we're just coming up to, uh, towards coffee time. I've put, there was some, just a, uh, by the way, there's a few questions in the, uh, for reflection. Um, at the end of each of the, the sections, I've, I've put some questions. Um, and, you know, they may or may not be helpful. You may want to take them away and, and use them to, to think through them. Uh, there may be some time at, at the coffee or, or if you want to sort of um, chat about them. Uh, we probably haven't got time now. We've got a couple of minutes just to, we, we're finishing at 11. I mean, if there's any, probably two minutes too, so we'll probably finish. Uh, unless there's any questions. If there's anything that's particularly just struck you from this that you might want to share as a, as a group. Otherwise, I'll just lead us in a prayer. We all might need caffeine. Brilliant. Well, shall I lead us in a prayer? Oh, and then we'll uh, have some coffee, or you can tell us what we're doing. You can give us extra notices. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your amazing love and grace to us that we find in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for amazing grace that you've shown to us in giving us your word, your law written. Uh, we thank you, uh, Father, for uh, Jesus living so perfectly and obediently under your law, fulfilling that law for us. Uh, we thank you that he offers us life. And we pray, Lord, that you would us to know in our hearts as we put our whole trust in Jesus that certainty of life in him and Lord that you would help us in our daily walk to sing in tune with you that we might know blessing that we might know fruitfulness that we might know prosperity in our lives and that we might be a source of blessing to others as individuals and as a church as we are those who renounce evil and delight in your word and that in us and through us Jesus himself the man of Psalm 1 would be honoured and glorified and pleased for Lord we ask all these things in his precious name Amen